Hello, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, everyone, good people out there listening. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 121. Today, we're going to dive into our new normal business topics, current events, as well as the market update. And finally, we will do a roundtable or a question of the week. Stick around to find out which one. As always, our preliminary stuff, pre-show, thank you for listening, but make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate and review the podcast wherever you are listening, because we try to do this and continue to give you heat every single week. I was thinking about how many people listen weekly. I wonder how many people have listened since episode one, because I have a couple podcasts that I've listened to since the origin of the podcast, so we really appreciate the people who've been listening to episode since episode one. Enough of that. Let's get into the show. Before we get into any um, market updates or news updates this week, definitely have to um, send condolences to the families of the second deadliest shooting in U.S. history in of of Ovaldal, Texas. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, where 19 children and two adults were murdered in Oveld, Texas, um, which is obviously a horrific act. And it sparked a larger debate about gun reform across the nation. Um, there's renewed calls for gun, legisla- gun legislation, which I agree with. Um, and and that's just a horrific and sad act. So definitely prayers to those families. Um of course, we need change in this area. And if we move over to the markets this week, it's been a little bit rosier this week as the market is pretty much trying to fight off a long weekly losing streak. We're seeing um, a little bit of green here in the last few days, still more volatility. Um, but the, the the prevailing thought is that, you know, the U.S. economy is in a little bit of a, a moderation, a slowdown, a contraction, possibly. Um, consumer spending is still there, but you're seeing companies having to battle with their inventory levels, their poor inventory management, not meeting demand. Inventory is building up in their in their in, for retailers. Consumer spending is still there, but it's going to start to slow down as inflation starts to hit, as continues to hit, I should say. Um, and so we'll see how the Fed reacts. The Fed had a policy uh, update yesterday, and the market seemed to cheer um, what was being said. So again, you're still seeing time. That's why patience is a virtue. I didn't talk about it last week's episode, but patience is a virtue in these in these times um, of volatility. Patience is a virtue in these times of volatility, and so important to note that. Moving on to more news, more news of the week. So Twitter had a little bit of bump after Elon Musk increased his commitment in takeover bid. So he's increased the commitment to $33.5 billion. Um, he's in talks for other funding. He made a filing Wednesday that said his personal financial commitment to Twitter's deal, which is a $44 billion deal, if you remember. He said he's going to commit personally $33.5 billion and get funding for the rest um, he's supposed to, if this deal closes, he wants to take over as temporary CEO for a few months. And this deal has been mirrored in controversy. He said, hey, I don't know if they have as many users as they claim. There's a lot more bots on the platform. I want to see proof 
that there isn't as many bots as you guys as you guys are saying there is. So that's one area where Elon's talking about. And so we have so much going on um, in in the Elon saga that'll continue to go on um, moving forward. I don't know if you guys saw this, but earlier this week, Oreo sent out a tweet that teased followers about a potential new cookie that both that's both salty and sweet. And they said they're proposing to do an Oreo and Ritz cracker together. I'm a fan of both these things separately, but together, are they really trying to do this? They said they can only make a thousand boxes of this, of this and put it for sale, sale starting today, May 26th. Um, I just can't see this. I don't think this would be good. I like them separately, but together, not so much. You want to make sure, I don't know, people, tell me how you feel. Have you tried it? What did you think? Was it any good or was it bad? That's kind of, you know, my thought that it would not just, it just wouldn't be good. I don't know if you guys saw this though, but Melvin Capital, so this was one of Wall Street's, uh, once was one of Wall Street's most successful hedge funds. Um, and they lost big during the meme stock saga. They were short GameStop. GameStop obviously jumped. They lost big. Before that, Gabe Plotkin, the founder of me, uh, Melvin Capital, had a great return. So he had a great years uh, from like 2014 to 2020, strong years of double-digit returns. And the fund lost 23% in the first four months of this year. And it also lost 39% in 2021. And he said, hey, I'm done. I'm done managing other people's money. I am returning cash to shareholders um, and he's going to leave. He's going to shut down the fund of Melvin Capital, apparently, and return cash. Um, and it seems like a lot of people were cheering this. So, like, the the Redditor crowd was cheering this move, saying that, they, hey, they won. They got one person down. And Ken Griffin, who's notably Gabe's mentor slash supporter, said, hey, this is bad. Because he was managing pension funds for teachers and different things of that nature. And... They lost a decent amount of funds, of money. And so there was this, this, this debate about who was right, who was wrong. Was it a good thing? Was it a bad thing? Um, and you can, you know, argue about that, um, you know, pretty widely if what we think. Despite any downturn in, 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 prices and risk off assets and Jason Horowitz just raised a 4.5 billion dollar fund to invest in crypto um and so that's something that's pretty pretty incredible um they're committed and a lot of people are understanding long-term term horizon on that housing slowdown is housing starting to slow down sales of newly built homes plunged 16.6 percent in April this exceeded predictions so sales of newly built homes sank to the slowest rate since the start of the COVID pandemic. The median price of a new home sold in April was 450000 an increase of nearly 20% from the year before. But slower sales caused the inventory of new, newly built homes to jump sharply as, uh, to a nine-month supply. The annualized rate came in at 591 units um, and seasonally adjusted. But this is the slowest pace since April 2020. When everything shut down at the start of the COVID pandemic, sales surged quickly after that as America sought bigger homes with outdoor spaces for quarantine. But it seems like people are slowing down. You're having interest rates rise. You're having a return to normal. You're having different things happening. And people are slowing down. I'm seeing you know people make decisions to put pause, put it on pause for looking for a home and different things of that nature. 
because um, there will be a revert of prices, I believe, or at least a slowdown of the growth of prices. Um, and so that is inc- interesting to find out as well. Snap, Snap sends a warning. Shares of Snapchat take nearly 30% in extended hour trading. At the social media company told Wall Street that it would not meet revenue and profit targets this quarter. And it's really because of the macro environment. The environment has deteriorated further and faster than they anticipated. But it's really, they're saying that advertisers are not willing to spend right now. And they're lowered their outlook and guidance um, for the year. And they're slowing hiring. You're seeing a lot of people saying we're slowing hiring, we're pausing hiring, or even cutting people, which is incredible what's going on right now. It's mainly just the fact that people are having a shift in what is the macro environment. Uh, Companies are seeing it ahead of retailers and consumers, and consumers will probably start to see it shortly thereafter. But it's definitely going on, and there's a huge, huge thought process now with all companies about what they need to do to prepare for the shifting environment, which will subside at some point, but just not right now. It's a lot of news, folks, a lot of news, and we've covered a good bunch of it, but we'll get into our next segment right now. Welcome back, folks, and let's do our question of the week. This one is a really interesting one. I think it's always good to see how older people are living and spending their money. So, the listener says, we're thinking about a modern home on a 26, 26 acres in the Texas Hill Country. We would pay cash. The estimated cost to build, excluding the land, is $2.1 million. Including the land, it would be close to $3 million in value. Um, we are retired. This would be our forever home and investment. The land is in a much sought-after subdivision located 45 minutes southeast of Austin, Texas. They have $3 million in retirement savings, a 401k, stocks, bonds, and cash. And the $2.1 million in addition to this, we have a monthly income of close to $7,000 from bonds and pension. Oh, okay. We are both approaching 65 years of age. We would think it would be a better investment for the $2.1 million instead of putting it into the stock market or bond market. We are questioning our age. Should we do this? Oh, man. Okay. So on average, baby boomers have around 102 in personal savings and 139 in retirement savings, according to a 2021 Northwestern Mutual study. And inflation has gotten worse. Um, And so when you're thinking about this, it's going to be, this is a luxurious home, which I'm I'm not mad at, but it's going to be, it has to be a careful decision because of the amount, one, to maintain it. If you have $7,000 a month in income, that's you know, you ought to be able to maintain, pay yourself. Um, this would sound crazy for someone who had a lot less in savings, but obviously these people have a little bit more. This older couple has a little bit more, but the big concern is the cost associated with a large home. Um, you want to make sure that you have all the amount, because you're going to eat into your costs, eat into your savings. If you have to maintain the home, do different things, the cost to build it and stuff will definitely be way over budget. I've seen that happen. People like, oh, I, I think it's going to cost this much. And the building, all the stuff that comes into it is way, way over. So it's a tricky thing. I think maybe looking for a smaller, more less expensive home might be the bigger play here. 
because you're definitely going to run into a budgetary issue once things start getting built. Um, so always good to consider. Always, always good to consider. But that's a great, great question. Um, and one that that definitely is worth considering. Well, that's it, folks, for this week's Your Money, Your Life podcast episode. And always, always, we thank you for listening. Stay tuned, and we'll be back next week.